0: Our lesson this morning comes once again from the second chapter of Luke. A couple of weeks ago we, we started with the Christmas story, the announcement to the angels, and then the birth of Jesus, and then last week we learned about Jesus' presentation in the temple and how he was blessed by Simeon and Anna, two older people who had been uh, waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And this revealed directly to Jesus' parents especially, but to all those who heard it, that Jesus was something special. He was the Messiah. Now, the book of Luke does not talk about the flight to Egypt that Matthew talks about in the context of the the Magi and uh, Herod trying to kill the young children there, but um, Luke kind of skips back to when um, the family returned to Nazareth. Let's read Luke 2 verses 39 through 40 as we begin this passage. It says, When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Let's think about this place called Nazareth for a minute. Most of us, the only thing we've ever heard about it is that Jesus lived there growing up. But Nazareth was a very small and insignificant, obscure village in a part of northern Israel known as Galilee. It was about 12 miles southwest of the Sea of Galilee in kind of a hilly area And it really wasn't known for anything. In fact, the people, even during the time of Jesus, kind of looked down on Nazareth as just some puny one-horse town, as we would say, in the American West. It wasn't much. And it's just a reminder of how Jesus grew up not in anything that the world would say was significant. He grew up in a poor family, as best we can tell, because according to the uh, the sacrifices that were offered during his dedication in the temple, uh, it was supposed to be a lamb, and if you were poor, it could be two turtle doves. And uh, that's what they actually used because they didn't have the resources for a lamb. And we don't know much about the time Jesus was growing up. Uh, we, we can gather a few things from... Uh, a verse that's in matthew and mark that says uh, he was a carpenter's son or in mark it says he himself was a carpenter and he was a son of mary and he had four brothers james joseph simon and judas plus some sisters so he grew up in a, a fairly typical large jewish family and uh There's a lot of speculation since uh, when Jesus began his public ministry that his earthly father Joseph had already passed away before he became at least the age of 30. So Jesus might have had a significant role in his family growing up as maybe even the head of household, the breadwinner. We don't know that for sure, but uh, certainly Joseph is never mentioned after uh, the Christmas story and the early days, uh, this time, in fact, in Luke chapter 2. But the passage we're focusing on this morning is uh, Jesus' family and their visit to Jerusalem and to the temple during the Feast of the Passover. Our verses for the, the day are Luke 2:41 through 52. I'll read that passage right now. It says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he became twelve, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan, and went a day's journey and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, looking for him. Then, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. This passage brings up some interesting questions as we think about Jesus' early life. In fact, we all know from hindsight about Jesus' deity and, and all the miracles he did and what was going on um, after he ascended to heaven and his his prophetic second coming, all these things we we have already read about in the scripture. But think about it from the perspective of Mary and Joseph and even Jesus himself, what they knew during that time that Jesus was a young child. In fact, um, it's interesting to even think about what Jesus himself knew uh, at that age about who he was and what he was going to do. Let's turn over to the book of Philippians just for a moment to focus on a, a theological concept called the emptying or the kenosis of Jesus. And we'll discuss what that means as far as the practical terms. Uh, Philippians 2 verse 5 begins and says, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as things to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The key word here is found in in verse 7, where it says Jesus emptied himself. We know that he was present from eternity past, being the second person of the Trinity, and he was an agent of God's creation. He was all part of everything that was going on in the Old Testament. And yet, uh, one day, according to the sovereignty of God, he became flesh. He took on flesh and uh, took uh, the form of a servant. And when you think about how he emptied himself, we've got to wonder, how much did he actually know about this eternity passed and who he was when he was 3 4 5 6 7 8 even 9 10 11 12 years old it it probably was somewhat of a mystery to him in in his human in his humanness although he never lost a bit of his deity but there was a a development process we believe that Jesus went through to grow in his relationship with the father to learn physically the scriptures that he had been involved in even inspiring and and breathing out but he had to learn those as a human being and this is interesting to think that all through his growing up years he lived just like a a traditional Jewish boy with a with a large family probably a lot of cousins a lot of uh, aunts and uncles and people all around him. But something was still different about Jesus because uh, he never had a sinful nature. He never did anything wrong. And because of that, his mind was more in tune with, with God the Father. He never had any kind of separation from God. But still, he had to spend time each day, like every other Jewish boy learning and memorizing the scripture. We see that uh, when he was tempted by Satan. He began quoting scriptures from the Torah, the book of Deuteronomy, and he had it at the tip of his tongue any time. He was always aware of the scriptures. And think about from this perspective of uh, being a young 12-year-old boy, growing up in a very, very small rural town, and and being taken by his parents at the age of 12 to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. This is something that the law of Moses required that Jewish men especially, but in this case the whole family, went to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of the Passover, the feast of unleavened bread. They were very devout in their, their following of the law, as we see from the first part of this chapter even until keeping of the the requirements of going to the Passover and making sacrifices, Uh, even though they were poor, they, they did what the law required and were a good example to Jesus. But think about it, when he came from that very, very small village, about 400 in population we think, to a big bustling city of Jerusalem, which even was greater with all the people from outlying areas coming in for the the Feast of the Passover. <clears throat> Think how much of an impact that must have had on Jesus in and, and raising his his awareness of who he was and, and what his mission in life was going to be. And when he got to the temple, we don't know if this was his first time to go. Uh, this is only uh, mentioned that he, he went when he was 12, but... Uh, it says the parents went every year i'm not sure how how early they began taking him but this time was special because he became uh, engaged with the the leaders the teachers in the temple and he, it says in verse 46 that he began listening to them and asking them questions and even answering some of their questions according to verse 47 that were amazing to the people who heard him. But um, this all goes back to uh, how Jesus was developing the awareness of who he is. Of course, as far as he knew, his father and mother were Mary and Joseph, at least his adopted earthly father. But in verse 49 of this passage, we see that he refers to God as his father saying, did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Or another translation says, doing my father's business. Now Joseph was a carpenter, and we we know that maybe Jesus was involved in uh, that family business, but he began at the age of 12 to get involved with his heavenly father's business. And that was a foreboding of all that was coming ahead with the rest of his ministry that didn't begin for another 18 years. The Bible says his ministry publicly began when he was 30 years old. So he he went from this very short uh, little glimpse into his childhood into another 18 years of silence and obscurity before he uh, was announced publicly to be the Lamb of God by John the Baptist. But think about if you were uh, Jesus' mom and dad, Mary and Joseph, and you had left to go home. The the trip was about 100 miles the way they would have gone from Jerusalem back to Nazareth. So they were in a big family clan group where all the kids were probably hanging out together and um, the parents were just probably talking to one another assumed that everything was fine, that Jesus was with the big group. But when they got to their place to lodge on the first night of uh, going back home, they realized that Jesus wasn't, wasn't with them. And that must have been a terrifying experience. I can remember on a mission trip back in 2008 to uh, Baker City, Oregon, when we were part of a, a mission group that was ministering to a large community festival. And we had several children there, a lot of uh, young people. Of course, I have two children, and my youngest, Jonathan, was four at that time. And we were kind of doing our our thing with uh, the responsibilities we had and assumed that Jonathan was hanging out with the other kids. Well, when it came time for lunch, we were getting... Getting the kids together, and we realized we couldn't find Jonathan. We didn't know where he was, and uh, we kind of assumed where he might be, but it took a while for us to look through those crowds of people in that public park to find him, and that was just a minimal example of what Jesus' parents might have looked or felt like when uh, they'd gone a whole day, probably 20, 30 miles walking, and then had to walk all the way back to Jerusalem, and then the next day spent uh, who knows how long looking for him until finally they found him in the temple. That was on the third day. Think about how Jesus even ate or slept or anything like that, being a 12-year-old boy on his own in a, a big town far away from home. But when they finally found him, what he said was significant. Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? They were kind of upset with him, even though he really didn't sin. He didn't do anything wrong. But to to them, they were very, very worried about him. And uh, that was key. but, But Jesus said something that they didn't really understand. Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? He was engaging at this early age in what would become his life's mission to be a teacher, to be the Savior, and to, to live out his life as the Son of God here on earth. We can learn a few things from, from this. Also, as we, we think about the last couple of verses here, where it says, He went down with them and came to Nazareth, He continued in subjection to them, and his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So Jesus modeled obedience for us, even though he was himself the King of kings and Lord of lords uh, from eternity past. But at this point in his life, he just lived like a normal person. good Jewish son with uh, his mother and father, as far as he could tell on earth, Mary and Joseph, his brothers. And I think it's interesting that all, although Jesus never did anything wrong as a child or any time during his life, uh, his brothers didn't believe in him until much later in their lives. They didn't even believe and follow him when he was doing miracles and all these things publicly. They kind of uh, in some ways were embarrassed of him. But Jesus gave us the kind of example that we need to, to do and we need to have for our children as well. Some of the applications we can learn from this passage and from Jesus's early life are that We can learn and meditate on God's Word just like Jesus did. He had the same resources that we have, at least the Old Testament, to learn and to get to know God. Even though He was God in the flesh, I believe He still had to spend time building intimacy with His Heavenly Father through the Word and through prayer. And he continued that on throughout his life, even when he was uh, in his public ministry. The the Bible says he would often spend whole nights in prayer and get up every morning and and pray. Well, if Jesus had to do that and he modeled that for us, then we should also do those same things and to, to develop a deep and intimate relationship with the Father. Also, this passage teaches that we should train our children in God's word and in discipline. The, um, the implication here was that Mary and Joseph helped Jesus learn God's word, that they helped him learn how to keep the law and to be a devout uh, follower of the commandments. And we should do the same thing for our children, not just expecting them to learn it on their own, But they need that day-to-day influence of parents that will help them grow just like Jesus did until he finally uh, developed a full awareness of his mission in life and, and his deity and his relationship with the Father. And then finally, our personal development should balance the mental, physical, social, and spiritual as verse 52 teaches us. We shouldn't. Just focus on one aspect of our lives, building our strength in our body and our health, or uh, doing well in school and learning all the knowledge and wisdom that we can, or even uh, getting along with people. Both, all those things are important, but we must also develop spiritually and grow strong, keep all of these things in balance. That is a, a critical thing that we can learn from Jesus' early life once again let me reiterate that Jesus was always fully God and fully man he never lost or gave up any of his deity but he did give up the uh, benefits of it so to speak he gave up the uh, the glory that he had in heaven the ability to do anything. Um, Whenever he wanted, I mean, he he continued to have the, that power, but he was limited voluntarily in his flesh. But these things are great as we go on through the rest of the book of Luke and see the beginning of Jesus' ministry. It's a good foundation for uh, understanding who Jesus is and how he grew up as a young boy. Let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you for... This little example we have of one brief period of the first 30 years of your life, from the dedication in the temple to your beginning of your earthly ministry, this is all we, we read about you, Lord. And we, we thank you that it's a good example to us of how we can uh, study the scriptures, develop intimacy with the Father, uh, live in submission to our parents and train our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I pray that each one of us, as we look ahead to this new year, will focus on growing and developing all of our lives, all of the areas of our lives from our physical, our social, our mental, and our spiritual, so that we can be more pleasing to you and bring you more honor and glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.